Hey guys, thank you so much for joining us for the NCC podcast. God is doing so many great things in our community, and I trust that he's doing great things in your life as well. And I trust that God is going to speak to you through this message. We have said here at North Point that 2022 is our year to That's right. It's our year to advance. It is our year to move forward on purpose with purpose. It is our year to make progress. And we would say, okay, well, what are we advancing into? That's why we said it's our year to advance into abundance. It is our year to move forward into the fullness, the overflowing fullness that we find in Christ Jesus and in the promises that he gave us. And this was the promise that Jesus gave us in John chapter 10, verse 10. He says, listen, I have come that you might have life, that you might have it to the full in abundance until it overflows. Flows. That is the promise that Jesus gave to each and every one of us. And listen, 2022 is not over yet. So there is still more advancing to do in this year. You know, we still have 68 days left of 2022, which is 18.6% of your year. So almost 20% of your year is still out there in front of you. So we have time to continue to advance, to move into everything that God has in store for us. And and that's one of the reasons we are in this uh, current series that we'll actually be wrapping up today entitled 413. And in 413, what we're doing is we're looking at four truths that are found in Hebrews 13. We could say it another way. These are also four must-dos. Four must-dos if we want to live the abundant life, if we want to experience that full overflowing life that Jesus told us was possible, there are four things that we must do that we find in Hebrews 13. But we're actually looking at these four things through the lens of Philippians 4.13. And Philippians 4.13 says this. It says, for I can do everything. Say everything. everything. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me Strength. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Now, oftentimes when people quote this, and, and this is, uh, if you've been around the church world, it's a very familiar passage of Scripture. Uh, people, you know, put this on their social media profiles. You may have seen this hanging on people's walls in their living rooms. It's a familiar Scripture. And so many times whenever people quote this Scripture or they use this verse, what they are really implying is this, is that God can help me do what I want to do for me. That God can help me do what I want to do for me. But more specifically, what this verse actually speaks to is that God can help me do what he wants to do through me. So it's not what I want to do for me. It's what God wants to do through me, and, and I love the amplified version of the Bible because it really gives us some clarity into Philippians 4.13, and this is what it, it says. It says, I can do all things which he has called me to do. <laughs> so I can't do everything that I would just like to do. <laughs> I can't do everything that I just wish to do, but I can do everything he's 
called me to do. How? Through him who strengthens and empowers me to fulfill his purpose. He's not strengthening me and empowering me to fulfill my purpose or my wishes or my demands, but he is empowering me and strengthening me so that I might do his purpose. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. I am ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses me with inner strength and confident peace. Now, before we get into Hebrews, I want to take just a moment because there are three powerful I am statements that we see right here in, in, in this scripture. And it says this, that I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency, which means this, I am complete. Everybody say, I am complete. You are complete in Christ's sufficiency. So you are sufficient, meaning that you are enough. Why? Because Jesus Christ is enough for you. And since Jesus Christ is in you, you are now sufficient and you are complete because Jesus Christ has made his home in your life. So I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. Here's the, the, another powerful I am statement, that I am ready for anything. I am ready for anything, which means that I am capable. Everybody say, I am capable. So you are complete and you are capable. You are capable of doing anything. How do we know that? Because Jesus Christ is in us. The third powerful I am statement we see there is I am equal to anything. So I am ready for anything, which means I'm capable, but I am equal to anything, which means I am confident. Say, I am confident. So you are complete in Christ. You are capable in Christ, which means you can be what? Confident in Christ, because no matter what is going on in your life, you are equal to anything. You are equal to the adversity. You are equal to the challenge. You are equal to the situation. You can be confident no matter what is happening in your life. Why? You, you, are, you are complete. You are confident. You are capable because in him you have been infused. You have been infused, the scripture says, with inner strength and confident peace, which means his strength and peace has permeated your being. <laughs> you are infused, not with, not, with, not with good strength, but with his strength. <laughs> you have been infused, not with peace that the world can give, but with a supernatural peace that comes from heaven. You have been infused, meaning that peace and that strength has permeated your life. This is why I say when we look at the must-dos in Hebrews 13, we have to look through the filter and through the lens of Philippians 4.13 because if we only look at the must-dos, we, we will be overwhelmed, we will get exhausted, we will kill ourselves trying to do it, and we'll never be able to accomplish it. But whenever I realize in Christ I am complete, meaning I am enough, and in Christ I am capable because his strength is working on the inside of me, and in Christ I am confident because I have his confidence, 
confident peace. Whenever I look through that filter, it doesn't matter what the must do is. I know I can do it because God has already given me the strength and peace in order to accomplish it. We've been infused with God's can-do power so that we can live out the must-dos that he has given to us so that we might live the life that he desires for us to live, that abundant life. And so we've, we've talked through these must-dos. And the first week, what we said is, is you have to do persistence, right? You have to do persistence. That, that it, it's not how passionate we are when we start but how persistent we are along the way determines where we, that determines where we ultimately finish in the end. It's how persistent we are in the journey that will ultimately determine where we finish up. Last week, we talked about that we have to do perspective. So we don't just do persistence, but we also do perspective. And we looked at two definitions of this word, and, and it's a particular attitude towards something. It's, it's your point of view. But even more importantly, that second definition was this, a true understanding of what is, uh, of the relative importance of things. Because if you don't understand the importance of things, then your point of view is not going to be right. If you don't understand the importance of things, then your attitude towards certain things might be off. You see, if, if you do persistence, you are going to advance. But, but if you do it without perspective, you might not advance in the best direction. That's why you've got to have persistence, but you also have to have God's perspective. You have to have God's point of view. You have to understand what is most important to God. And if I don't understand the relative importance of things, then I'm not going to see things the right way. Therefore, I'm not, I'm not going to have the right point of view. My point of view is going to be blurry. I'm not going to be thinking about things in the right way. And if I'm not thinking about things in the right way and I'm not seeing things the right way, then my life is not going to be moving in the right direction no matter how per- persistent I am. So I've got to realize, no, I've got to do persistence, but I also have to do God's perspective. Which takes us into the third must do in Hebrews 13, and it's found in verse 15. And the scripture says this, therefore, let us offer through Jesus a continual sacrifice of praise to God, proclaiming our allegiance to his name. And don't forget to do good and to share with those in need. These are the sacrifices that please God. Obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say. Their work is to watch over your souls, and they are accountable to God. Give them reason to do this with joy and not with sorrow. That would certainly not be for your benefit. So here's the thing that we look at in this third must-do of Hebrews 13, and it is this. It is to do praise. It is to do praise. Now, this is what the Scripture says. It says that you should offer to God a continual sacrifice of praise, not an occasional sacrifice of praise. This is how we know he's not talking about three, th- three songs on a Sunday morning or a, uh, you know, a concert at Winter Jam, okay? This praise is proclaiming 
your allegiance to his name. And proclaiming allegiance to God is not just found in the words that we sing, seeing it is found in the words that we live out, in the walk that we live out, sorry. So your action, many times we know this to be true, right? Your action says more than your affirmation. <laughs> the way that you choose to live, right? I mean, people hear what you say, but what are people really doing? They're watching how you live. And whenever your life doesn't match up to your words, people are not going to buy into what you're saying, right? And so the, the reality of it is when it comes to us doing praise and, and, and doing worship, we, we have to make sure that my action is lining up with my affirmation, that my words and my walk are aligned. And so this is what he says when he says, hey, you should live your life as a continual sacrifice of praise. He follows it up with this statement, and do good and share with those in need. Because he wants to be very clear that you can't just show up and sing you can't just drive to work and listen to Hillsong. You can't just do it and feel like, oh, well, I did praise. He's like, no, you got to do good, and you got to help those people who are in need, which shows us something. It shows us that praise is about our soul and not just about our song. It's about our soul. It's not just about our song. That Praise happens when you proclaim allegiance through obedience, when you, when you proclaim allegiance to his name, how do you proclaim allegiance? You proclaim allegiance through your obedience. This is what the Bible says in, in, in Romans chapter 12. Verse 1, Paul, Paul writes and he says, So then, my friends, because of God's great mercy to us, I appeal to you. Offer yourselves as a living sacrifice to God, dedicated to his service and pleasing to him. This is the true worship that you should offer. Offer your lives as a living sacrifice to God, dedicated, dedicated to his service and to pleasing him. This is the true worship that you should offer. Then he goes on and says, do not conform yourselves to the standards of this world, but let God transform you inwardly by a complete change of your mind. Then you will be able to know the will of God, what is good and is pleasing to him and is perfect. The scripture says that we are to be living sacrifices. Just think about that word for a moment. Living sacrifices. It means that you are dead but also alive. <laughs> See, because Jesus died for you, you should die to you. Because Jesus died for you, you should die to you so that you might live for him. This is the true worship that we should offer God. You see, whenever you pray for God to come and fill you up, there is something that is implied in that. That means that you have emptied yourself so that he can come and fill you up. Because <laughs> God cannot come and fill what you have occupied. 
God, come and fill me up. But God, I'm going to keep this opinion and I'm going to keep that perspective. I'm not going to let that habit go. And I've still got these other God, come and fill. Come and, God, God, just kind of squeeze in. God, God, if you can just kind of fit in where you can get in in there. You know, just find you a little crack and a little crevice and get in there. No, God says, I want to come and fill your life. This is why we are living sacrifices, that we are dead, that we have emptied up ourselves. So that what? So that he might come and fill us. And this is what this is what Philippians four thirteen is hanging on, that you can do everything through Him because there can't be any more of you. The more of you there is, the more difficulty it is for Him to operate, so that you can do everything through His strength. So whenever we truly decide that that's the way I want to live, I want to live as a living sacrifice. Because he died for me, I want to die to me so that I might live through him. When we decide that's the way we're going to live, whenever we decide that every single day I want to crawl up on the altar and offer myself to him, not, not as a moment of, of surrender, not as a moment of submission, not, not just found in one prayer, but I want to do this as a lifestyle. I want this to be my lifestyle that I would constantly be emptying myself so that he can fill me up with more of him. Whenever you decide that this is how I want to live as a lifestyle, what, what God begins to do is he begins this work on the inside of us. This work of really transforming our life by, by changing our minds so that through this process you can know the will of God. So that you might know the will of God. And whenever you begin to go, okay, well, what is the will of God? The Bible is full of things that let us know what God's will is. And James, the, the half-brother of Jesus, this is what he says in, in James 1 verse 27. It says, religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this. To look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. So whenever I go, okay, what is the will of God? What is the purpose of God? What does God want me to do? He writes and he says, hey, if you, need, if you want to know what the will of God is, if you want to know what, what true religion really looks like, it's whenever you take care of the most vulnerable in your midst. Whenever you meet the needs of the needy. <laughs> whenever you show up and say, we see you and we are here to help you. James says, this is what it's all about. This, this is what praise looks like. <laughs> this is what doing worship looks like. Because whenever you say, God, I'm coming to the end of myself, I'm offering my life to you completely, come and fill me up, change the way that I think, give me your perspective, and we enter into this relationship, not just as a moment, but as a lifestyle, and now I start understanding what the will and the purpose of God is, and so now I realize life is not the way that I always thought it was, what was most important is not actually important, the things that I was chasing is not what I should be going after some perspectives that I had are not God's perspectives and I start letting God do all of this now all of a sudden I see what the will of God is and the will of God is that we would take care of those people around us that we would truly love our neighbors 
I would say it to you this way today, that worship is about surrendering and serving as much as it is about singing. And we understand that worship is singing. Listen, don't walk out of here and say, wow, man, I thought, I thought like we worship God when we sing. You do worship God when you sing. You do. Whenever you sing to God, it is worship. And, and, the, and the Bible says that we should sing a song of praise to God. It says that we should vocalize our worship to him and adore him through our words. Yes, absolutely. But don't ever get stuck in thinking that worship is just singing. <laughs> worship is also you surrendering and you serving. When you surrender yourself and you serve the people of this earth, listen, that is worship to God. And that's what it says, do good and serve those in need. You've got to do praise. You've got to do praise. But here's the thing is if you try to do that in your own strength, it's not going to last long. If you try to serve out of your own goodness and out of your own morality, you, you can't serve enough like that. You will get exhausted and you will get to the end of your rope so fast. But whenever you say, wait a minute, now this is a must do that God has given me. So I need to be able to do it. But how am I going to do it? Oh, there is supernatural strength and peace that God wants to provide for me because his son is on the inside of me. And whenever I put that filter and I put that lens over to, I realize, okay, I'm not operating on my own. There is something supernatural that God's given me so that it can take place. So I have to do praise. Here's the, the fourth must do that we find in, in Hebrews 13, and it's found in verse 20, and it says, And now may the God of peace who brought up from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, and ratified an eternal covenant with his blood, may he equip you with all you need to, for doing his will. May he produce in you through the power of Jesus Christ every good thing that is pleasing to him. All glory to him forever and ever. Amen. Here, here is the last must do of Hebrews 13, and that is that we must do preparation. We must do preparation. He says here that you would be equipped to do his will, that you would produce in you every good thing. And, and what we've been saying throughout this series is that you have to allow God's power to access your patterns, that this doesn't happen magically or mystically or miraculously, that it happens whenever you allow God to have his way in you. And this is a process, but it is a process that demands access. You have to give God access to your patterns. You have to give God access to your behaviors. You have to give God access to your attitudes. You have to give God access to your thoughts. You have to give God access to your motives. You have to give God access to your fears. You have to give God access to your sin. You've got to give God access to everything. And it's by giving God access creates the process that will actually bring about the progress of becoming more and more like God. But you've got to do preparation. You've got to do preparation. This is what the scripture says in Colossians chapter 3. It says, so put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. 
Who does that fall upon? Us. He's writing to people saying, hey, you've got to put to death these things that are lurking on the inside of you. Nobody can do that for you. Your pastor can't do it for you. Your grandma can't do it for you. Nobody, you've got to put to death the sinful things that are lurking within you. Then he goes on and he says, put on your new nature to be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. Once again, who's going to put that on you? You. You've got to put that on. So I've got to put to death the old, and I've got to take responsibility to put on this new nature so that I can become like God. And he goes on and he says, above all, clothe yourself as part of this new nature. Clothe yourself with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, we are called to live in peace and always be thankful. Put to death the old nature and put on this new nature. This new nature of love. This new nature of peace. This new nature of harmony. This new nature of God's supernatural. I I would say it to you this way that We must do the work of preparation so that we will be ready to do the work of God. We we must do the work of preparation so that we will be ready to do the work of God. Now look, in in Ephesians, the Apostle Paul, he writes this, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, and he says, In our union with Christ Jesus, He has created us for a life of good works. So whenever you came into relationship with Jesus and your spirit was reborn, you were reborn for good works and good deeds. But look at what it says. It says, which he has already prepared for us to do. So when you came into relationship with Jesus, You were reborn, and God has prepared good things for you to do in your future. Which brings up this truth. The good work is already prepared for you, but are you prepared for the good work? Maybe we could even say it more accurately. That the good work is already prepared for you, but are you preparing for the good work? Because the preparation never stops. We can't say, well, I mean, you know, I did that Bible reading plan that one time. I read all the way through the scriptures uh, back in 97. (laughs) You know, and I mean, I I tell you what, I mean, I had perfect church attendance back in 06, you know. And I let, I mean, I taught Sunday school, you know, back in 84. I mean, whatever it is, right, I mean, I, I cannot just live off of what I have done and what I have accomplished. I've got to be preparing now in the moment. You've got to be preparing. You've got to be preparing. It's the same way that last night I was standing on the sideline at University of Louisiana, Raging Cajuns, watching them win a football game. But they got to turn around and play again next week. And what they did to prepare to win that game, guess what? It's not going to help them win the next one. New opponent, 
New schemes, new plays, everything's brand new. So it's not like, oh, wow, well, look, I mean, we, we, we're on a winning streak right now. Wow, did you see how good we played and how well we executed last week? No, 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 it's a brand new week. You better put that behind you because there's another opponent coming up. So God has something prepared for you in the future. Are you currently preparing for what God has already prepared for you? This is why you got to do preparation. Because if you're not preparing, you walk into what God prepared for you, but you're not prepared for it. And when you show up unprepared, you don't get to do what God had prepared for you to do because you didn't prepare. That's why you got to be equipped. That's why you got to be equipped. That's why, that's why you have to be prepared. That's why you've got to produce. There's got to be something working on the inside of you. So when you show up in that moment that God prepared for you, you got the fruit you need for the moment. You've got the things in your life that you need for that moment because you have been preparing for the moment he prepared for you. You got to do preparation. You got to do preparation. Once again, let's just talk for a moment. Like that's exhausting. That's exactly how you feel. Like you just prepare. Like you just prepare. You just prepare. I mean, I read my Bible last year. Oh, you telling me I got to read it again this year? Like, I mean, I prayed yesterday. You telling me I got to pray again today? I mean, I, I came to church in January. You saying I got to put like twelve months together? Like, I mean, what? What? what wow. I mean, this is exhausting. Yes, but you don't have to do it in your own strength. God has given you the Spirit of His Son. And the spirit of his son is going to infuse you with inner strength and confident peace so you can keep showing up every day saying, I will do whatever it takes to do today to prepare me for what God has for me in my future because I don't want to get there and not be ready for what he has. So I gotta, it's a must do. It's a must do. No, let me just rephrase that. It's, it's not a must do to get to heaven. Okay, no, wait a minute. That's not, don't, don't, don't get this twisted and be like, oh, okay, I gotta work, I gotta prepare so I can get. No, 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 no. You're gonna get to heaven by the grace of God and the grace of God alone. I'm not talking to you today about eternal life. I'm talking to you today about abundant life. Because if you say, I wanna live in the overflowing fullness of God, I want to live the abundant life that Jesus told me was fine. If that's what you want, this is what I'm telling you. you got to prepare for that. You've got to do the preparation to live in the overflow that God has for you. So we talk about due preparation and we talk about due praise and we talk about doing perspective. When we talk about doing persistence, and, and the thing about persistence is, is here's, here's the truth. Persistence is something you must do, but persistence is actually also the goal. Because the goal is not that you would live for God when you're 31, but that you would be living for God when you're 91. The goal is not that you would have a good decade but that, that, but that every decade would be a godly decade. You, you see, persistence is something that we need, but it's also, it's also something that we really desire. It's something that we want. I, 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 I want to run this race, and I want to run it well. <laughs> and I want to finish strong. 
So persistence is not just something that I know I need to do today. Persistence is like this thing that is actually going to take me to the ultimate goal because I want to live my life in such a way that I live more and more and more and more like Jesus and like Christ that on my last day, I'm more like Jesus than I have been on any day of my life. And that's, that's persistence. But you see, I don't get to persistence if I don't have God's perspective. And I don't get to this persistence if I'm, if I'm not preparing myself for the journey. And I'm, not going to, and I'm not going to have this persistence if I'm not doing praise and offering myself every day as a living sacrifice to God. So if you want persistence, and it's not just something you need to do today, but if you really want that as a goal for you, that I want to live in such a way that when I get to the end of my race, I have, I have finished well. I have finished strong. If that's what you want, then these other things, these are must-dos. These are, these are non-negotiables. This is not like a buffet. <laughs> Hebrews 13 is not a pick and choose. You don't just get to do praise and not do perspective. You don't just to have the right perspective, but then not do praise and do the word. You don't get to just not prepare and go, oh, but I want to be persistent and I want to finish. Well, no, these are all must-dos. These things have to happen if you want to run this race and you want to experience the abundant life or, or as, as Josh Kraft said, the remarkable life when he was here a few weeks ago. The remarkable life. These are must-dos for the remarkable life. And if you really want to finish strong and run that race, and, and, and you feel like, well, I mean, I don't need to prepare anymore. Man, I've already prepared. I got my scriptures quoted, man. I know all the Bible verses and the, all, the, all the Bible stories. I, I got that. Listen, you're not going to finish well. And if you feel like, man, I've offered up my whole life. I'm, I'm 55. I've been, uh, I've been walking with Jesus since I was five. I've got 50 years. I've offered up my life. Well, guess what? you got to offer up your life again today. You don't get to say, I was a living sacrifice. You got to say, I am a living sacrifice. I don't get to say, well, I mean, I've, I've lived with the kingdom perspective. No, I've got to have a kingdom perspective today. I've got to see it like God sees it for the issues of this day. I've got to have that kingdom perspective so that I can do what? So that I can live with a persistence that's going to allow me to finish strong. These are, these are must-dos for your life. But, man, I'm so thankful for Jesus. I'm so thankful that God didn't say, hey, here's the demands I'm putting on you. These are the things you must do if you want to do what I have, and good luck. But God said, here's what you must do if you want to have what I promised you. But I'm actually going to give you a part of myself. And I'm going to infuse you with everything you need to do the must-dos. It's like, you know, the old school video games, you know, you had the cheat code, you know. You know, how many of you had the, con the contra cheat code, like uh, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, you know, A, B, select, start. I mean, if you, if you had that cheat code, unlimited life, right, you got to have the cheat code. This is like God saying, hey, I've got some must-dos for you for this life that you better imagine, and I'm giving you the cheat code. I'm going to feel you to help you do it. In just a moment, we're going to take communion. And here's what we're going to take communion. Here's going to be our thought process for communion today. 
our thought process for communion is going to be this. I, I want to finish well. I want to run my race strong. I, I, I don't want to compromise in this journey. I don't want to sell myself short. I want every single thing that God has for me along this pathway. That's what I want in my life. And so today, as we take communion, we're saying, God, I want to do persistence because I want to finish well. And God, if I'm going to have persistence, God, I need your perspective. I need to know what is most important to you so that my point of view will be right. I, I, want, I want to do praise. I don't want to just sing some songs, but I want to lay my life down on the altar every single day so I can empty myself so that I might be filled up with you. And God, today I want to do preparation because I know you are preparing something for me in the future. And when I get there, I want to be prepared for it. And as we take communion, we're taking communion and we're thinking about the promise that God has for us. And we're thinking about the must do's that we have to have to do that promise. But we're thinking about the can do that God gave us through his son, Jesus Christ. Thank you for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and share our podcast. For more content from NCC and how to get connected, visit ncc.team.